0: This program is brought to you by Stanford University.
1: Those of us who have an active memory of the 1970s in Iran remember Feridun Farrokhzad as a singer, songwriter, and host in the popular uh, Mikhakin Ogrei television show, which was broadcast for several years and made Feridun into one of the most um, successful personalities in Iranian television history. Less known than his works as a songwriter, composer, uh, recording artist, and showmaster are his contributions to literature. These contributions include his own poetry written in Persian, translations of uh, modern European poetry from French, English, and German, and his work as the organizer of the Farooq Farooq Literary Award. This award was founded by Feridun shortly after his relocation to Iran in the late 1960s. And um, during the 1970s, is, it developed into a landmark event, which was particularly taken seriously by uh, politicized Iranian writers. Among the recipients of this award were people like Ahmad Shamblu, Jaral Al Ahmad, and Ismail Khoyi. Toward the end of the 1970s, and with the rise of the revolutionary movement, the award ceremony lost its popularity and was eventually discontinued by Feridun himself. Feridun initially observed the beginnings of the revolutionary movement with some degree of sympathy and even participated in aid uh, initiatives like the collection of money and um, uh, medicine for for wounded victims of street demonstrations. After the change of power, however, He was shocked about the outbreak of violence against those who were accused of being agents of the uh, old regime. And he distanced himself from the revolution um, very quickly. However he he also stayed in Iran until 1981. And in the summer of 1981 he left Iran um, illegally uh, into Turkey. And um, with the support of the German chancellor, Helmut Schmidt, who uh, personally endorsed his case and supported his um, application for asylum, he left Germany, he left uh, Turkey, came to Germany, and then from there he moved on to Paris. Um, And Paris, as you know, was in the early 1980s the international center of organized Iranian opposition. Um, in Paris, he broke his silence after two years and started working again as a singer and showmaster, this time with a distinct um, anti-revolutionary agenda. During his, ex, uh, his years in exile, um, he lived in Paris, Los Angeles, Hamburg, and Bonn. He, ate, he helped um, underaged Iranian POWs, um, traveled to Iraq at least three times on behalf of Uh, UNICEF and brought back dozens of these children with him um, to Europe. Um, In the early 90s he also played in uh, Hushang Al-Lahyari's feature film I Love Vienna. Since the mid-1980s Feridun collaborated with a Paris-based royalist political organization. and at the end, he became one of the most prominent victims of the Islamic Republic's uh, state terrorism, which under the presidency of uh, Akbar Hashemi Rafsanjani and under the um, M- Minister of Intelligence, Ali al reached a f- historical f- peak. Um, on the 6th of August 1992, he was stabbed to death and beheaded by three assassins. Um, in his apartment in the outskirts of Bonn. And the the details of this murder case still remain unknown unknown to the general public, as you probably know. Um, Only three days after he was murdered, the German uh, Office for Criminal Investigation and the Interpol showed up at the crime scene and um, they never disclosed their findings. Uh, their investigation never led to um, a trial in the style of the Mykonos trial. And, um, well, according to members of the Farukhsad family who had flown in from Iran and also from other parts of Germany, um, the investigations did lead to a positive identification of the the assassins, but uh, the government... um, prevented the disclosure of this information. So in a way, Feridun was also a victim of the um, German government's policy of critical dialogue toward the Islamic Republic, which um, uh, became very prominent under uh, Foreign Minister Klaus Kinkel at that time. And um, basically, in the interest of business Um, relations. Uh, The German authorities um, overlooked certain misbehaviors of the Islamic Republic as long as the personal safety of German-born citizens uh, was not um, threatened. The last years of Feridun's life, his um, political engagement in exile, and even his possible relations to his own assassins are among the most enigmatic parts of his legacy. And the truth about the the murder case will only be um, disclosed once the Islamic Republic ceases to exist and uh, public access to the um, archives of the intelligence ministry is granted, and of course, when the Germans and um, other international organizations who were involved in the investigations um, finally disclosed their findings. During the 11 years of his life in exile, from 1981 to uh, 1992, Feridun published two volumes of poetry in Persian, which he published um, in Los Angeles and in, um, in Germany but it appears that he never tried to write anything in a foreign language, although he could have. More than 25 years earlier, as a student in Germany, he had written poetry in German. And these poems were highly acclaimed in German-speaking countries of Europe. At that time, West Germany and East Germany, as well as Austria and Switzerland. News of his success at that time, even traveled to Iran and were uh, noted primarily by people who knew him because of his family name and because of Furug's fame. In uh, 1964, Feridun published a poetry book named, um, in German, Ander Jahreszeit" or Another Season. And with this book, he became the third German writing and widely published Iranian writer in the history of German literature. The, <clears throat> the two others who were before him were, uh, first of all, Sirus Atabai. Sirus you know, um was raised and educated in Nazi Germany in the 1930s and then later in Switzerland. And um, the other person was um, Bozorg Alavi, who had lived in the Weimar era, in the Weimar Republic era uh, for over 10 years in Berlin and in Aachen and he received his PhD in Aachen, went back to Iran. And then uh, after February 1948, when the Tudeh party was banned, he left Iran and uh, chose to live in East Germany. And he actually lived in East Germany from the beginning, from the foundation of this state until the end. And uh, Alavi, this is also something that most people don't know, um, did write um, in German as well. But only his Persian writing is known inside, inside Iran or among Iranians. Um, Feridun established contact to, to Atabai in Zurich and um, to Alavi in East Berlin when he was um, uh, living as a student in Munich. And parts of Feridun's uh, that one uh, German poetry book were translated into uh, Persian only 40 years after the publication of the book Um, at the same time by two different people or two different groups rather Um, uh, one person who did it was Hossein Mansouri, the adoptive son of uh, Farouk who um, was educated in Munich and still lives in Munich. I believe that he was here, uh, as, as your guest. And uh, the other group was the, a team, basically, uh, consisting of uh, the poet Mani, Mirza Askari and another person named Darish Marzban. Uh, but these translations into Persian were only published um, recently, perhaps three or four years ago. Apart from these translations, the content of this book, Another Season, was... <clears throat> remained unknown to the Iranian public. Although Feridun uh, mentioned it sporadically. For example, there is, a, uh, there is an interview with Jamshid Golmakwani in the uh, journal Sepidusiyah, which I found. Um, it's from the uh, early 1970s where he mentions this. <coughs> um, when I Started writing this paper, I uh, decided to um, translate the book from German into English. And um, the handout that I have brought obviously too many uh, contains a selection of these oh, I cannot walk far so. yeah of my own translations. In only one case, I've included the German original, uh, the German original, and uh, Feridun's own uh, translation of the same poem in Persian. Uh, It is the text uh, called, uh, with the title, uh, Persian Women, Women of Iran, uh, which he himself translated as Zanonisar Zaminaman. It's the only text um, I know that uh, has been published in Feridun's own Persian translation. Um, (coughs) Before I start um, discussing the book, I should recapitulate some general information about about, um, his life in Germany and his involvement with German language and literature. After finishing high school in Tehran, first um, the the French uh, Razi school, and then the Darul Funun. Feridun went to Germany in 1958. His older brother uh, Amir Masoud had already uh, moved to Munich in 1952, and he has stu- he had studied medicine. And uh, by 1958, Amir was done with his studies of medicine. He was married and established in Munich. So. Uh, Feridun moved there because of his older brother. And in 1956, you may know that Farouk uh, also spent a uh, short while in Munich on her, um, during her European trip. She, she went to Munich from Rome. And uh, while in Munich, she learned German and translated a book of poetry uh, from German into uh, Persian. And this book was also... Um, discovered only recently in 1999 and and published uh, a few years ago Um, so uh, at first um, Feridun had to attend the language school like everybody else and on weekends he worked at a farm in Versmold which is a village in the vicinity of uh, Bielefeld so during the week he was studying language and on weekends, he was commuting between Munich and Bielefeld, which is um, in Lower Saxony, right in Niedersachsen. And so he got a feeling of the rural and the, you know, the, the city life. Uh, and because of his, most probably because of his talent, um, his musical ear, um, he learned German very quickly. Um, already as a high school student, he had started. He had developed an interest in music, and he had um, performed as a singer. Uh, Once he had uh, fulfilled the language entry requirements, he was accepted into the Faculty of Social Sciences at the University of Munich. (coughs) And um, he started studying political science at the Geschwister Scholl Institute of the University of Munich. At the same time, I mean, since his first encounter with German language, he was also... Uh, interested in German poetry. While he was studying political science, um, Hans Meyer, by the way, was his uh, main tutor. Hans Meyer, who was a prominent professor of political science, and then later on went on to become a minister, a cabinet minister in the provincial government of Bavaria. Um, And they were friends. Um, Actually, in in the uh, poetry book, one of the long, the longest poem is dedicated to Hans Meyer. Um, he, at the same time, he started establishing contacts, um, contacts in the artists and writers um, milieu of Munich. And um, in 1962, while visiting an American writer who uh, was a resident of Munich, um, he met his future wife, uh, Anya Butchkovsky. <clears throat> Anya Buczkowski, who was a writer, a poet, and an actress, still is actually uh, lives in lives in Munich. Anya was um, older than Feridun by a couple of years, and um, she had studied German literature. and She had a, a radio program in which she recited um, poetry on the Bayerische Rundfunk, on the, on the provincial uh, radio station. And um, they moved together in a large apartment and uh, which is known because of you know they were very social and many people know the the, the beautiful and large apartment on the Hohenzollernstrasse. Uh, and Anya supported helped him with his interest in uh, reading German poetry and also writing and um, at around that time he started publishing his uh German poems um, in various literary journals um, and also in the literary supplement of the Süddeutsche Zeitung which is the, the major um, daily newspaper coming out of Munich uh, but also in, in Kaveh, in the new period of Kove which was um, which started to be edited and published again in the early 1960s <coughs> and Kaveh, um the main content of the journal is in Persian, but there's always a a German um, appendix in it. In 1963, the German author and literary critic uh, Martin Walzer uh, chose 11 poems by Feridun and uh, published them in the literary yearbook Forzeichen 2, which um, he edited and where he presented major voices of contemporary German literature. Uh, and uh, in the yearbook 1963, Feridun is presented along with 10 other uh, German-born uh, poets, like Peter Ham and others, who are still around. In 1963, Feridun compiled a selection of his poems into a book manuscript and started searching for a German publisher. He only approached established uh, uh, publishing houses, like the Zurkamp Verlag, which uh, had already published the the Fourth Session Zwei anthology, so he was known to the, to the editors of Zurkamp. At the end, he uh, came to an agreement with the Luchterhand Verlag in Neuwieden, uh, Berlin, which is uh, now uh, owned by Random House. It's one of the major literary publishing houses. The afterword in this uh, edition that came uh, out in 1964 was written by Johannes Bobrovsky, uh, who is one of the most significant poets and prose writers in post-World War II German literature. Um, while he was a student at the University of Munich, um, Federidun traveled frequently to Vienna and to Berlin and sat in lectures, mainly in political science, But especially in Berlin, he used to uh, travel quite often to the eastern part of the city. And um, (coughs) he established contact to Bobrovsky, um, showed him his writings. Um, Bobrovsky became interested and then agreed to write the (coughs) afterword. His relation or friendship with Bobrovsky continued until... Uh, the 2nd of September 1965 when Bobrovsky suddenly died and um, they they saw each other and they also exchanged letters and only two weeks ago I managed to get um, a few copies of uh, the letters that Feridun wrote to Bobrovsky from the uh, National German literary archive in Marbach Um, and I have included one postcard and two letters by Feridun to Bobrovsky in the handout. On in the in the final part of the handout. Oh yeah. Um, Bobrovsky, um, I have to um, give you some information about him because he, his person. I mean his his profile became important for Feridun in the next years. He was born in 1917 in Tilsit in Eastern Prussia, on the border to Lithuania. Um, he was a member of the Protestant Bekennen Kirche, Church of Avowal and uh, was in contact with the clandestine resistance uh, movement against uh, the Nazis in the 1930s. He was drafted in 39 and spent uh, 12 years Um, on the Western Front in France and then in Poland and Russia and uh, he was captured by the Soviet army in 1945 and uh, spent four years in a a labor camp after uh, being released from the Soviet uh, camp he returned to Germany and decided to settle in East Berlin although he was not a communist he was a socialist Christian and he started working as a um, professional editor for a couple of um, publishing houses that were connected with the East German Christian Democratic Union. it 's the same party where, you know, Angela Merkel, the current uh, Chancellor of Germany, uh, came from. However, he, he published his books. Uh, I mean, the, the two German republics were established in um, October 1949. And uh, Bobrovsky, and the wall was erected on the 13th of August, 1961. Um, he continued going back and forth between the two parts of Germany, and he published his works in the West as well as in the East. And he always uh, refused to accept that the separation, division of the country, would eventually lead to the uh, development of two different German literatures. The political situation in the two separated parts of Germany fascinated Feridun. Um, he kept traveling from Munich to West Berlin, visiting East Berlin frequently, and contrasting his experience of the two contradicting socio-economic orders in the two parts of the city. And his uh, preoccupation with the German-German question, the Deutsch-Deutsche Frage, uh, was reflected in his poetry book, Ander Yarastadt," where one whole chapter is dedicated to this theme. It's the chapter with the title, Experience, (Erfahrung). The relationship to uh, Bobrovsky had a strong impact on Feridun, who himself had radical Marxist affinities at that time. Before 1953, Feridun had been a member of the Tude Youth Organization. Um, and during the early 1960s, he socialized with the Munich-based activists of the Confederation of Iranian Students, which had been... Uh, uh, founded recently. Among his friends were um, people like you know, Mohsen Rezwani, Mehti Khan Baba Tehrani and Kurush Lashai who all, I mean all three of them went on to become uh, Maoists. Uh, most probably under the impression of his dialogue with Bobrovsky, uh Feridun chose to write his master's thesis in political science about the state and the Protestant church in East Germany, in in the GDR. I have a copy of his master's thesis. And after the uh, MA, after finishing the MA, cum laude, with the best mark, he immediately started working on a PhD thesis with the title, (coughs) Marx, Engels, Lenin, Rosa Luxemburg, and the Polish question. Um, After Fuluk's death in February 1967, he decided to return to Iran together with Anya, his wife, and their uh, son, Rostam, who had been born in 1966, and abandoned the PhD thesis. But he did work on it, and um, there are records of, of him as a research student at the Gishwista-Scholl Institute. Re- years later, when Anya and uh, Rostam had returned to Germany from Iran, Feridun was living alone in his apartment in Tehran's Amirabad district. And he kept a large picture of Rosa Luxemburg in his living room. And I know people who visited him in in that apartment. For example, Hadi Khorsandi, my dear friend, told me that uh, the first time he was introduced to the person and the thoughts of uh, Rosa Luxemburg was in in that apartment by Feridun. Five months after the publication of uh, his poetry book, Feridun received the literary award of the city of Berlin. On this occasion, uh, Bobrovsky came over from East Berlin and held the Laudatio during the ceremony in the western part of the city. The book under the Riara site consists of only 63 pages, including Bobrowski's three page long afterward. It starts with a dedication to Anya, which is curiously written in present perfect. Für Anya, ich habe sie geliebt. For Anya I have loved her very much. The dedication is followed by a tanka by the Japanese poet Sazaki Nobutsuna. Whether or not a trace remains on the road, cautiously will I go my way my way. The book is divided into four chapters. The first chapter, Persian thought, German spoken, includes 18 texts. The second, uh, Portrait of a Country, nine. The third one, Experience, thirteen. And the last one, Was ich noch sagen wollte, is something else I wanted to say, just one. The texts vary in their length between five lines and 29 lines. The first and second chapters mainly contain linguistic, imagistic texts uh, while the texts in the third and fourth chapters are more abstract and convey ideas and views about political and historical events. <clears throat> the texts in the first chapter are without a concrete named local reference. They express the sensory perceptions of a removed lyrical eye, this, this lyrical ich, who is confronted with a new habitat. The lyrical eye does not perceive this new habitat as foreign or intimidating. It tries to get closer to it and to develop a home-like feeling, enjoying the gradual approximation and familiarity. It senses that in this habitat, light, darkness, natural color combinations The air's consistency, scents, and tastes are different. These new uh, sensations are translated into very minimalistic and intimate images. The lyrical eye seeks refuge in in nature and does not relate to the social realities in the new environment. Germany is not mentioned by name at all, although the texts seem to be about Germany. The naturalistic character of the whole chapter is apparent in the titles of the text. Night is the predominant motif in at least six texts in the first and second chapters. The color black is mentioned 13 times throughout the book, more than any other color. Red is used eight times in the third chapter only, with a symbolic political meaning. Blue is mentioned six times. Green and yellow or gold are mentioned five times. However, white, brown, pink, and purple are completely absent in the the entire book. The, 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 The detached attitude of the lyrical eye is reflected in the motif of sleep in combination with the color black and with night. The distant and observant in the position of the lyrical eye is reflected in the frequent use of the motifs of silence, <clears throat> schweigen, Schweigsam, schweigend, etc., uh, seven times, with the eyes, eleven times. And flying, the sky, clouds, wind, air, and birds are other related motifs that evoke the sensation of height, width, and volatility. The second chapter is a yearning reflection on the home country, which the lyrical eye has left behind. In this chapter, Iran, or rather Persian, Persia, is mentioned by name several times. Naturalist lyrical elements are complemented by subtle political allusions. Visually and acoustically, Persia is associated with vastness, short rains, the scent of raspberries, garlands of light, clouds of dust, fields of wheat, the sound of crickets, the blue animal of the sky, turquoise, minarets, larks flying and swimming in the the wind. The key color in this chapter is gray as in the cold eyes of Persian women or in curtains of dust. um, Expressions of homesickness and longing are connected with sounds and images of sobbing tears, the feeling of thirst and the mood of desolation and abandonment. The image of the old home country is not idyllic. In the text, Bekentness, a vowel, the old country is, I quote, the land of shriveled roses and mute nightingales. The lyrical eye is, I quote, confused by uh, visible violence, it goes away so as to no longer have to enchain its words. End of quote. Interestingly, the poem Die Perzerrennen is dedicated to Bozorg Alavi. As I mentioned before, he uh, (coughs) chose to move to East Germany and um, stayed there basically until the end of his life. He pursued an academic career at the Humboldt University in East Berlin. And in Iran, he was a persona non grata. So at that time, dedicating a poem explicitly to a person like that was... um, a meaningful gesture on behalf of uh, Feridun's. The third chapter deals with the realities in post-World War II Germany. Here, Feridun picks up historically and politically charged topics, like denazification after 1945, the division of Germany, the Cold War, and the position of the two German republics within it, the arms race, the rearmament of Germany, the Berlin Wall, and the ways in which both German republics came into terms with their own Nazi past. All of these themes became canonical and repetitive over the following decades until the reunification of Germany in the early 1990s. However, when Feridun wrote about them, they had novelty value. The poem, Wahrnehmung Perception, is an ironic and cryptic commentary. Um, It's it's included in the handout. It is an ironic and cryptic commentary about the erection of the of border installations and the deployment of East German border guards along the demarcation line between the two German republics. It's on the on page 5 of the handout, top left corner. But if you look at it, you wouldn't be able to tell The factual references are not obvious at first sight. No, uh, perception. In the early morning of the 13th of August 1961, i.e. three years before Feridun's book was published, members of the Betriebskampfgruppen, the paramilitary groups of East Berlin factory workers, supported by the National People's Army, the NVA, and the People's Police, the the FOPO, the Volkspolizei, secured the demarcation line between the Soviet-occupied socialist sector of Berlin and the capitalist British, American, and French sectors. While some of the troops were standing guard, others brought in construction material and within a few hours, they built what became known as the Berlin Wall. Uh, In the East German jargon, Called anti-fascistische Schutzwall or uh, Antifascist fascist protection wall. Its function was, from the eastern ruling party's point of view, to protect the GDR, uh, the German Democratic, the East German Republic, against revived fascists attacking it from the west. In the imagery of this poem, the red sentinels are the East German border guards. In the German original, the, the composed noun Schildwache is used. And the, shil- the word Schildwache is etymologically related to the Middle High German schild- Schildwacht, in French sentinelle or factionnaire. A Schildwache is a guard positioned in front of a checkpoint and empowered to use his weapon against anybody who refuses to abide by the state's order and authority. A Schildwachen is not allowed to go, let go of his weapon, leave the post, speak, eat, or drink, unless ordered to do so. In the poem, Schildwachen, or sentinels, grow out of the vertices, i.e., appear out of nowhere along the demarcation line. Their intimidating image is contrasted sar- sarcastically with the affectionate ways of the West. <clears throat> the poem seems to qualify the building of the Berlin Wall as a necessary measure to contain the escalating East-West conflict. Essentially, the, w- the wall prevents the outbreak break of war, even though it upsets some neighbors, as, um, you know, as you see in the last three lines. The poem debunks Western religious values like brotherly love and declares them at, as hypocrisy at least implicitly, the reference to shop windows and blue jeans merchants are related to West Berlin, the colorful shop window of West Western capitalism, where American-style consumer goods inundated the market. The latent anti-consummation discourse of, of this poem became prominent only a few years later in 1968 uh, in the student movement in Germany. Radical uh, student groups actually attacked the KDV, you know, the K- 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 uh, big department store and set fire to it. Some activists in the extreme uh, fringes of this movement, like Andreas Bader and Ulrike Meinhof, even um, took the political, the same political agenda further and formed terrorist organizations. I should add that by 1968, Feridun himself no longer had any leftist affinities. In in June 1967, when the Shah of Iran visited Berlin, a large number of Iranian and German students were mobilized by the Confederation of Iranian Students and the SDS, the the main German student organization, and demonstrated against him. In clashes with members of the Iranian security forces who had been flown in in a separate airplane and the West Berlin police, one German student named Benno Ondezorg was shot dead, uh, and um, so this was a big scandal while the majority of Iranian students were sympathetic towards the demonstration and demonstrators, Feridun was one of the few who actually went to the airport and welcomed the arrival of the Shah and Faratiba uh, with a bundle of flowers so In other words, his political views had changed drastically between 1964 and and 67. In the poem, Diesseits und Jenseits, on this side and on the other side, the phrase, republic made to the old measure, refers to both successor states of the German Reich that try to come to terms with their common past, with what the poem symbolizes as whips and caresses. The GDR caressed, the anti-fascist heritage of the communist and social-democrat movement, but also claimed the humanistic tradition in German history, all the way back to the 15th century. It treated the militaristic, authoritarian, racist, and chauvinist tradition in Germany's history with a whip. The West German Republic saw itself in continuation of the liberal tradition of the Weimar Republic, primarily which was destroyed by the left and right extremists. In this poem, only the East German flag uh, logo with the hammer and circle is depicted. And the Western, the federal eagle, the, the Bundesadler, is absent. All the way to the end of the text, the implied narrator refuses to take sides. An implied do, you, is addressed. Do not believe your republic is better than his. Do not believe your republic is better than his. Believe only every other word. The reference to the old hairstyle on this side and on the other side implies that both emerging separate nations are, despite their present differences, held together by the burden of a common inglorious past. The poet... um, The poem, by the way, is as I mentioned before, dedicated to Hans Meyer, who at that time, I believe, was already a minister, a cabinet minister in Bavaria. The poem, uh, the poet himself, is part of the West German political texture. Texts like the atom uh, bomb—I don't think it's included in the Um, handout—in Chapter Three reflect the pacifist discourse of the Western peace movement from the 1950s until the end of the Cold War. In the last strophe of the last poem of the book with the title Unheard, which is included in the handout, Feridun depicts an image of his own death that occurred 20 years late, 28 years later. He speaks of songs coming out of headless bodies of birds. Feridun s- himself was a singing bird and he was beheaded by his assassins. Incidentally, the very last poem that Farooq wrote, only two days before her death, in February 1967, was Tanha And in the very last two lines of this last poem that she wrote, she also used the motif of the mortal bird, as you know. Throughout the book, the predominant poetic Um, technique is imagism. All poems are rhymeless with irregular rhythms. Perhaps the most important stylistic feature of this book is the simplicity of its images and words, the clarity of its syntax and as a result the fluidity of the texts. Feridun's ability to contain deep thoughts and complex intimate life experiences into sober and unostentatious words and images are indicative of a certain degree of maturity which he attained at an early stage of his creative life. The development took place in him within a few years after his arri- arrival in Germany and even surprised his sister, Farouk, who was in permanent correspondence with him. If you look at um, the page with the Persian, uh, the page, uh, page number seven in the handout, the top section, that's what I'm... Uh, Referring to. Sorry, the second one. Sher <laughs> Hayat Behususin Akhariyah Aliudan Jadan Ali, Mata Ajob Mikonam, Vaskhod Miporsamtuin Hushyari, etc., etc. Fereidun regularly sent Farooq samples of his writings in German and in draft translations into Persian. Um, if you look at the first section on page 7, it, it appears that, because she says, it suggests that what Farooq was reading was a draft translation in, in Persian. Although she was able to read German, as I mentioned before, she had learned it. Um, I have not been able to find any trace of these uh, of the letters by Feridun, or rather these draft translations. Nobody knows where they are. Um, I have inquired, I asked his sister, Puran Khanum in in Tehran, and impossible, unfortunately. Feridun regularly sent Farooq samples of his writings in German. Okay, Uh, he discovered the aesthetic of simplicity that Farooq sought in her later work, after De Digar, very early on and through writing in German. So he was younger, but he was ahead of her in a way. In her letters to Feridun, Farooq suggested to him to, that, to apply the, the same aesthetic concept and write Persian poems without worrying about the formalities of rhyme and meter. I have um included yeah it's it is this the first section on on uh, page seven. The main issue was the originality of the of his conception of the world. She spoke of the necessity to sacrifice oneself for the cause of poetry that is in the last section on page seven uh sorry. Et she reminded him of his luck to be in the healthy and healthy intellectual and, and artistic environment of Munich. Feridun did not follow Farooq's poetological advice in his later poems written in Persian, uh, which he published after the revolution and in exile, he returned to the more rigid classical forms and wrote Masnavis and Ghazals. His interest in classical Persian literature and particularly in Mawlana may be explained with his often expressed view that these aspects of Iranian culture and soul were timeless. They were bound to survive what he regarded as the disgraceful chapter of the Islamic Republic in Iran's history. He regarded Hafez and Mawlana as allies in his personal cultural war against theocracy. In the years after the publication of Andre Jahreszeit, Zeit, Feridun explored his other talents and did not follow his sister's uh, advice to sacrifice himself to the cause of poetry either. From 1965 on, he spent increasingly more time writing songs and composing music. He even received the first prize of the music festival in the Austrian city of Innsbruck you know, in Mozart, and Schubert's country. Under the name uh, Feri Harun, he recorded at least one LP and pursued a car- career as a stage artist in live events and in German radio and television shows. Two of his German songs, which he recorded in the mid-1960s, were released during the 1970s in Iran on an album named Feridun Farooqsad va Khateraha. While he was a student at the University of Munich, he produced a documentary film series uh, about mountain roads in the European Alps for the Bavarian television. And by the end of the 1960s, he had become such a colorful and glamorous personality that the Hollywood-based filmmaker Tracy Alban made a documentary film about him, uh, showing his life, his public life, and his personal life in Iran and in, in Germany. And Tracy Alban is, is around. He, he, he's in Los Angeles. He's he's originally German. <clears throat> and um, parts of this documentary are avail- I mean, have been uploaded by somebody to YouTube. You can you can watch it if you, you know, punch in Feridun on YouTube. You will find you will see some of it, not not all of it. Um, from today's point of view, the poetry book under Yara's Zeit seems to, have completed a, seems to have completed a certain episode in Feridun's life. Writing poetry in German was his way of grasping the new world he had entered and helped him search for his, way, for his place in it. Thank you. And he stays there till when? Probably 69 68, 69 And he doesn't finish the PhD? No He, div- he uh, passed the MA in 65 So it took him from 60 to 65 to do the, P- to do the MA yeah. The date of the book is uh, 63? 64 Uh, yes, because she says that I'm pretty sure because um Hussein actually told me, Hussein Mansuri Fur that he saw the book as a child while he was at home. With, with Furore. Please. I'm
2: really interested in this notion of a friendship between Nuridan um, Farazar and Moroski. Because if you had said two, two uh, literary figures of the 20th century who were on their on the kind of uh, Republic, the Son of War, one normally thinks of those two as being like, who were less likely to be friends, I'd be helpful to cut up really a problem. Because he seems. I, sorry, but I only know him by his kind of later persona, which is obviously quite different from what he was like as a young man. It's all kind of uh, glamour and glory and publicity and a certain narcissism and cosmopolitanism. And Wawrowski and seems so rooted and obsessed with the german of being German and, and German history and the guilt of German history and, and all that. It's, it, it seems so local and so deeply serious. And um, Farakzad seems so utterly skittish, at least in the later um, uh, manifestations of his personality. And I just wonder how these two came together. And I can see what Sad what, what, uh, might have seen in Bobrovsky, because he seems to be somebody who just sought fame and the roster was famous. But whatever did Bobrovsky see in Farakzad when he was a young man who could hardly publish anything in this. I'm just very intrigued by how this clearly very... Important relationship with came about? What there was
1: that drew them I think Bobrovsky see, saw the little boy uh-huh. that was hiding inside you know, this public persona. And the little boy comes through in, these, in the German poems. And later on, is suppressed, probably, more or less. Um, but I mean, he, he just he simply liked the poems. And decided to write, and I think somebody should um, I have asked Random House for permission to translate Bobrovsky's afterward and and to publish it it's it's just three pages long, but it's very very interesting also what
0: does
1: it say? um, he says that um He admires the fact that Feridun doesn't respect traditions, and uh, breaks rules, creates images and combines words, comes up with with composed nouns, etc., probably because nobody uh, with the burden of tradition would dare to do it, but only somebody coming from outside has the courage this is one of the things he says and then he also praises the 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 balance between deep thoughts and simplicity of expression
2: which Baboska does that. yes great simplicity and yeah Maybe that's do you know if
1: No. And um, unfortunately, I wasn't able to find or to get access to Bobrovsky's letters to Feridun. Um, they are either in Feridun's house in Tehran, and Puran's daughter lives there, Afsaneh. She has access to his personal items that he left behind in eighty one, and including a bundle of letters. But um, she wasn't, I mean, I I wasn't able to get anything. And um, Anya Buczkowski, his wife, uh, may have them, but she is not interested in establishing contact or discussing Feridun with anybody. Atabay um, came from Zurich to Munich. <clears throat> but then in the 1960s, he also commuted between Munich and London. You know, he, he, he had a place in Belsize Park and he was friends with Canetti and Erich Fried, etc. So uh, while he was in Munich, they saw each other. And, and uh, they also exchanged um, writings, but no details as far as I know. Um, Atabai was um, he, maybe Atabai was really discovered in 1958 so he was not that famous at that time he was, he was discovered in 58 by Max Richner in, in the Zurich uh, journal Ditat together with Paul Celan and, uh, yeah, yes it's a piece by Richner where he introduces Atabai together with Celan and um, so he was, he was f- relatively unknown. But Atabai did travel back to Iran. And he had relations to Farooq. And uh, there is a letter where Farooq recommends to Feridun to hang out with Atabai more and help him translate her poetry into German. Because she thought that uh, his German, his Persian may not be um, good enough, perhaps. <laughs> Nephew, I think, yeah, Nephew. yes. Yeah, I I have a comment on that, but I don't want to, you know. Professor Mommsen, please.
0: My question was also about uh, his relationship to, to Buterby, because I knew him from his childhood on, and, uh, uh, and he
1: was such a different person from <laughs> and Yes. Others you mentioned, so um, I'm, I'm interested. In yeah. Not much is known. I mean, apart from a few references and also eyewitness reports. You know, Mehdi Tehrani n- knew both of them in Munich. I mean, he knows the entire world, but he, he because he lived he lived in Munich at the same t- at the time, and he he had relations with Ottawa and with Feridun. He also confirmed that they they. Atabai read Feridun's writings, etc. So yes.
2: dog too at the two things that come to mind. He has a song about Anya that he used to sing on the on the show. And also one about his son that they uh basically lose the the home of the Asia in my question is do you know the whereabouts of Ostampa
1: Sol? Yeah, he's in Munich. Yes, he was born in late 1966, so he's 42 years old. Um, They also had a daughter, Ophelia, who died as a baby. Uh, And uh, Rostam is um, very ill, so he lives with his mother. He's mentally handicapped. Well, he was always, I mean, since a child. Since he was a child, yeah. No, he was—he's handicapped. Yeah, yeah. But about the Golestan connection, um, as far as I know, Atabai's work was only translated into English, into Persian in the late 1960s. There is a book called *Darvodi uh, Parakha, which is a selection of his early writings, um, and one of the first people who—I inter- mean—who who uh, wrote about Ottoboy was Barahani. There is a chapter in Taladarmes about Cyrus Ottoboy and this book. And before that, before the late 1960s, I don't know how people would have been able to to read his work.
0: Close to Ferry's and made a lot of connections to the de- European. But I know that he knew him well, and he knew Otto well. And, uh, have you
1: talked to Pakistan about him? Faydon, no. I should. I think you should. Have yes. Thought. I think will be an interesting angle. Yes.
0: Decided to become political and uh, paid a heavy price, but
1: this serious side of the question. Is that a revelation? revelation. Yeah. What yes. was the name of the documentary again? and the film. Tracy Albon. It's Tracy and then A L B O N. The name of the film is
0: just about. Yeah. Or like
1: that. It's, you can search it, it's sure. quite easy. Yes, uh, not completely, but as I mentioned, uh, Hussein Mansouri, who was uh, Farooq's adoptive son and lives in Munich, he translated some of it. And then a poet who lives in Bochum, Germany, also did the Mirza Ghaskari, or Mwani. Mwani also edited a book called um, with the title Khunyagar uh, Dar Khun, about Feridun. <clears throat> the first edition came out in 2001 and the second edition came out through Ketab Corporation in Los Angeles last year. In, in that book, there are contributions by a number of people who knew him. Uh, sometimes very short, for example, Iraj Nati Atwari, who wrote at least... Um, 11 songs for for Feridun when he returned to Iran. He lives in London and he wrote a piece for that book and others who who were uh, close to him were friends with him, yeah. Um, he had options, options. Yes, I think he had I should probably turn this off <laughs> um, ambitions to become a leader even and uh, using his popularity um, I mean it's a fact when, in 1982-83 he had a couple of uh, public appearances in the royal albert hall in in london and there were 5000 people sitting there <clears throat> very rare uh, giving a speech singing all kinds of things it was a variety show I mean, he thought of himself as a potential
2: political
1: yes but he was um, disappointed because people did not follow him and even you know he he belonged to the royalist camp and even the royalists did not treat him